Hey, it's Maz. Since 1928, Rodenizer Home Services has been your trusted local experts for all your plumbing needs. From bathroom and kitchen fixtures to leaking pipes and water heaters, Rodenizer offers you the higher standards of professionalism. When you have questions, Rodenizer has answers, all backed by their 100% customer satisfaction guarantee. Their motto is simple, nice people, great service. So experience the difference today with Rodenizer Home Services. Visit Rodenizer.com to schedule today. Now, the show that is all baseball. They're better than they were a year ago. This is the Baseball Hour with Tony Maz. Brought to you by Jackson Lumber and Millwork. Bigelow Tea, Gravely Zero Turn Lawnmowers. The 99 Restaurants, Sing Sang Cocktail in the Can, Wind Waste Innovations, and Woodbridge Wines. On Boston's Home for Sports, 98.5, the Sports Hub. High fly ball left field, and here he comes, Verdugo right there. And the Red Sox win game one with Detroit. They are now 37-31 and 31 for the first time this year. The Red Sox are six games over 500. Well, there you go, six games over 500. Everything is awesome. Everything is cute when you're part of a team. Everything is awesome. Jones is excited to be here for the baseball hour tonight. He never, oh, yeah. He never gets to talk baseball during the year, Jimmy Stewart. So uh, so we'll open up the phone lines right away. 617-779-0985. My, my real axe to grind tonight is with Tyler Milliken. <laughs> it's always a good place to start. <laughs> Who will be joining us tonight uh, in the second segment because... Tyler had a uh, you know a tête-à-tête with uh, Mark Bertrand on. It was actually on the program yesterday. I played some of it last night here on the Baseball Hour. But he had a tête-à-tête with Mark Bertrand yesterday concerning James Paxton as it relates to High and Bloom. And to me, there's a real High and Bloom discussion to be had uh, with Milliken and with all of you, frankly, because I just question whether or not High and Bloom will take the the gambles or the risks necessary to to win a championship. That's really, I, frankly, that that's it in a nutshell. Will Hyam Bloom make the kind of moves that you have to make to win a championship? I believe in a place like Boston or, fr- frankly, any market, because I think that sometimes you have to lose the trade to help your team. And the short that's what short term deals are about. Most everybody would t- make a long term deal over a short term deal. You'd say, oh yeah, that's a smarter move. It is. The long term is usually the smarter move, almost always. Not always, but almost always. So High and Bloom to me is great at making long-term decisions. But when it comes time to invest in the 2022 Red Sox at the deadline, and they are now again six games over 500, is Bloom the guy? Okay, is Bloom the guy? We're going to find out. Because I, I, if the Red Sox have a deadline this year like they had last year, I think we're going to look at it and say they stopped short. And I'd add in the offseason to that, too, because I think the Red Sox had clear needs in the offseason when there was a lot of bullpen help out there, and they didn't really get any of it. So, uh, to me, that that is really the crux of the discussion with Milliken. Uh, if you have thoughts, by all means, 617-779-0985. But first, can I just get this off my chest about the game last night? Oh, sure. I got to do this first, Jones. I picked up the Globe today. You know what the headline on the Globe was on the Red Sox story? Uh, No. Worcester makes it Worcester makes its presence felt as depth shines in Red Sox victory over Tigers. Mm. 
Okay, again, Worcester makes its presence felt as depth shines in Red Sox victory over Tigers. I don't see a lie there. Okay, Worcester, of course. <laughs> Worcester, no, no, it's not a it's not a lie, Jimmy. It's a half-truth, and I'll tell you why. Worcester, of course, is the home of the AAA affiliate of the Red Sox, the Woo Sox, who moved there from uh, Pawtucket. They are no longer the Paw Sox. They're the Woo Sox, have been for a few years. And, uh, and as I was reading this story, I thought, well, you read this, and you would think that the Red Sox AAA outfit was, you know, the, the 27 Yankees just feeding them here to the major leagues. So here's what Alex Spear wrote, and I love Alex. The Red Sox claimed a solid 5-2 win against a despondent Tigers team on Monday night at Fenway, led chiefly by a number of players who opened the year in AAA. Fill-in starter Josh Winkowski mowed through the Detroit lineup over six and two-thirds efficient innings. Reliever John Schreiber delivered a key out and outfielder Jaron Duran and first baseman Franchi Cordero spearheaded the offense by reaching base three times each. Duran while adding two steals and two runs and Cordero while driving a pair. Driving in a pair. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was almost perverted. Anyway, okay, driving in a pair. Against who? Against who? A despondent Detroit Tigers team. Can I call them the Toledo Mudheads? Sure. Can I? Because that's what you played last night was a Toledo Mudheads team. So what? I'm supposed to get excited about the fact that the Red Sox have some, you know, backups or minor leaguers who came up and, you know, were able to beat the Tigers? If they beat the Yankees, then I think you can trumpet the farm system. They come up and beat Tampa Bay or Toronto, I'll even give it to you. How about somebody that's actually, in, you know, 500 or better or thereabouts in the major leagues? One of those. Fine. The Tigers? The Tigers are dog food. They are absolute freaking Alpo. They are dog food. Purina, puppy chow. They are awful. It's a bad baseball team. So you know why Josh Winkowski's pitching against Detroit? Because they're puppy chow. That's why. They're glorified AAA. They really are. They are their glorified AAA. So the Red Sox are no fools. They know when they can slip these guys in. It's akin to what they did last year with Chris Sale. When they pitched him against bad teams at the start because they knew he was going to need a soft landing. And I'm not blaming the Red Sox for it. I'm just saying that let's not go too far with the contributions from the guys who are minor leaguers. Well, and two of the guys in that story, uh, Schreiber and uh, Cordero, they're not even prospects. They're in their late 20s. So, like, those guys shouldn't even count. Winkowski and Duran and maybe Jeter Downs, if if Alex Spear went on to make that point, who's on the big league roster but didn't play last night, at least if you point to them, those are actual prospects. These other two guys, they're, they're not prospects. Cordero and Schreiber aren't prospects. They're old. So, so and that's exactly right, Jones, by the way, because Franchi Cordero, I think, was 28 when they acquired him. I think he's 27 now, but still, he's not, it's not a prospect. Okay, so he was 26 when they acquired him, but either way, that is not a prospect. A prospect is somebody who's typically in his early 20s. He's, in his, he's in his sixth year in the bigs. Okay, so I, I, I'm with you. I thought that that was just, that, that was a little bit much for me to take. But these kinds of players, again... This all relates to a bigger question on Hyam Bloom and what you think he is capable of and where this is all going. And I think right now, given the quality of the competition the Red Sox are playing, this is really the story with the team. What is going to happen when we reach, reach the trading deadline if the Red Sox are in it to the point they are now or even better? How far is Red Sox ownership and management 
going to uh, go, extend themselves for this team? How much are they really going to invest in this team to win a championship? And for that matter, I would say in any season now, really in any single season, are they willing to make those short-term deals that you sometimes need to make to win world championships? So, and it doesn't mean you have to give up your best prospects. I, I think that this is one of the most critical things that any executive running a baseball team has to do. When you bring in all this young talent, Jones, from wherever it is, the draft, other organizations, what have you, and now your 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 uh, talent ranking, your organizational talent ranking in Baseball America goes up and you're now top 10, basically, in prospect rankings or in talent rankings in your minor league system. When you get to that stage, you now have the artillery to go out and make big deals or significant deals. Okay, and you can define significant however you want. The question that I always have is, which of your prospects are real and which ones are fake? I used to call them fake prospects. They're phony prospects. A lot of the guys that Bloom brings in, by definition, have to be fake prospects. They have to be. Yeah, they don't all work out. Right. Nobody hits on every one of them. So a lot of those guys, for one reason or another, are not going to pan out and they'll turn into nothing. The large majority of them will turn into nothing. So part of the game is to be able to look at those players, at least when you're a big market team. Part of the game is to be able to look at those players and say, these guys probably aren't going to pan out, so I can pump up their value, and then I can dump them on someone else and get something for them at no real cost to ourselves. There's no real penalty to ourselves for doing that. I need to see Hyam Bloom do that before I really start to believe. And on the flip side of that, I will say, when the Red Sox made the deal with the Dodgers involving Mookie Betts, I think the Dodgers basically pulled that one on you. Yeah, I think they dumped Jeter Downs on you, and you got nothing there. You got a backup catcher in Connor Wong, and Alex Verdugo was a big league player. But he's underwhelmed me. I would say that first year or so, year plus, was pretty good. I thought they were onto something with Alex Verdugo. And I thought, I'd rather have Alex Verdugo than Andrew Benatendi. So trade Benatendi for some pitching. Now they traded Benatendi to Kansas City for, as it turned out, Winkowski. So let's see how that one goes. But I feel like, uh, as it relates to the Dodgers deal for Mookie Betts, I feel like the Red Sox got fleeced. And meanwhile, the Dodgers keep pumping out these prospects. So how were you not able to get one of those guys for Mookie Betts? You should have. So you need to do the same thing to other organizations now. This is the challenge. When Hyam Bloom is with an organization like Tampa Bay, well, they have to get as many prospects as they can, and they're really not interested in dealing them. They have to hit. Yeah, they're they're just graduating prospects, and they know they're going to lose some through attrition, but that's that's all they're doing. Right. And it's, they, it's an assembly line of prospects, and the ones who work out we keep, and the ones who we don't, we just bring in more. Exactly. And we so, trade them when they're too expensive. And an organization like Tampa Bay says we have to hit on our prospects in minor league talent. We have to. So in order to do that, you know, to get 10 hits, we got to have 50 of them. One out of every five might turn into something half de- decent, and the number's actually probably lower than that. But so what do they do? They keep acquiring all this talent, and they just keep shuttling it through the door. We'll get as many good ones as we can or as many that we like as we can, and then hopefully some of those pan out. We're able to put a competitive team on the field, especially if we're able to augment in free agency with guys like 
Martin Perez, Michael Walker, Hunter Renfro, whoever else that Bloom that can identify and bring in, all of which is well and good. I'm not criticizing him for any of that. I'm just telling you that the job in a big market is different. The goal is to win a title. And the goal is to fleece someone else and put your secondary prospects in their lap and go get something legit for it. Part of the value of having all those minor leaguers in a big market is to trade them for something you really need. At the end of the day, the organizational talent rankings are only good because they help you stock the big league team. It's about the big league team, and that's it. And so I just think the goals here are different. And uh, and there was an argument that took place yesterday. I say argument, debate, between Tyler Milliken on the Midday Show with uh, Mark Bertrand on the Midday Show about uh, James Paxton in particular. But I, I think the argument really does relate to how the Red Sox have been built in the last couple of years and whether or not that can produce a World Series. Can it get them into contention? I think we know it can. We've already seen it. Can it get them over the hump to win a championship? I have my doubts. 617-779-0985 on the Baseball Hour. Your call. Hey, it's Maz. Are you tired of small inconveniences that always turn into big headaches at home? Well, my friends at Rodenizer Home Services can make small fixes like repairing leaky faucets, adding or replacing electrical outlets and lights, or clearing slow drains that will provide big comfort for your home. And with over 10,000 five-star reviews, Rodenizer's expert technicians are just a call away and ready to fix those inconveniences at your home. Experience the difference with Rodenizer Home Services. Visit Rodenizer.com to schedule today. That's Rodenizer Home Services Nice people, great service since 1928. This is the Baseball Hour with Tony Maz on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, welcome back to the Baseball Hour. So we have Tyler Milliken on from time to time from the Midday Program. And uh, Tyler is what I would call a one of the – he's a, a real uh, unicorn in this day and age. He is a young baseball fan. So how about that? And uh, I heard an exchange he had with uh, – Tyler and I disagree on a lot of things, but I, but I do like Tyler. I like his passion for the game. And he has joined us already via Zoom, I believe. Tyler, are you there? How are we doing, Maz? Okay, so you can hear all this stuff I'm saying about you. I like Tyler personally. <laughs> which I cut all the slander as usual. <laughs> which which means I need to be less complimentary because he can hear me. So uh, in any case, Tyler and Mark Bertrand got into a little debate yesterday that went on for several minutes. And one of the things they got into was James Paxton. Okay, And, and this really isn't about James Paxton per se, at least from my standpoint. But I, but I do think he is a good vehicle into this discussion as it pertains to High and Bloom. So, Tyler, sit tight for a second. I want to play the exchange so everyone can hear it. And then I want to ask you something as it relates to this exchange that you had with, uh, with Mark Bertrand, with Beetle. Let's so, do it. Again, this was about um, – this was centered on James Paxton, left-handed pitcher that the Red Sox signed to a, a $10 million contract with an option who's coming off a of Tommy John surgery. Uh, go ahead, Jimmy. Play. When are we going to see Paxton pitch, by the way? Can we get an update on that? Uh, he's a- throwing bullpens right now. All right. How much is he making this year? 
10 million. Okay. You brought it in overall. Yeah, it, listen. $10 million in the dumpster diving, and the guy hasn't pitched here yet. I, I wouldn't call James Paxson dumpster diving. You're going to get him on cheap salary for the next couple of years as a mid-rotation arm. If he works out, if he's not, if he comes back and he's effective, yes. I, I would guess he's going to still be he's, an effective starting pitcher. You're right. Dumpster diving we should reserve for the cheap guys, the guys that don't cost a lot. Okay, so then, then and this really isn't even a discussion about dumpster diving. But, Tyler, let me ask you this. Paxton, and you said at one point, you know, you're going to get him for cheap money, $10 million, he's in the middle of the rotation arm. Okay? Agreed? Yep. Okay. Do you think he can world win World Series by picking up guys like James Paxton? A hundred percent. It's the same reason you see the Dodgers take chances and you go back to the beginning of the offseason. Who was the first guy that signed this offseason? It was Andrew Heaney. Uh, you follow that same path with the Dodgers, whether it's a Tyler Anderson, two guys who they have in their rotation and they're pushing there. You need to find value on the outskirts, and that's how you kind of build out these rosters and you're able to, you know, along with the farm system, really get your team up to that level. You know, you go back to the Dodgers per se. Where do you think guys like Justin Turner and Max Muncie came from? Do you think their farm system just developed these guys? No, they found guys who were on the fringe, who were coming off injury, that weren't valued by other organizations, and they brought them in. And I think the Red Sox have done a pretty solid job at that in recent years, whether you want to you know, talk about Hunter Renfro last year, Nick Pavetta, who's fourth on your team in war right now and has been the anchor of your pitching staff, that guy Garrett Whitlock, which I know, Maz, you have a lot of strong feelings about, who's going to help anchor your rotation yeah, bringing guys in like this, you also have to spend money, which the Red Sox are doing by going over the luxury tax. But yeah, go find those you know, valuable assets on the inches that help you along with the farm system so that when you need to make deals, when you do have different stuff, you get guys like a Nestor Cortez with the Yankees who signed a minor league deal and came back and has now become one of the best pitchers in the American League. This is what the best organizations can do. They have the ability to scout talent, to you know, use their money, okay, use Tyler, their financial hold on, strength. Hold on. You're going out. You go, you, so, so the Dodgers are winning because of Andrew Heaney? Uh, he's been hurt for a majority of the year, but he's in that rotation. But they are winning with Tyler Anderson, who has a sub three ERA and has been really one of the most important mainstays. But, but again, are they winning World Series because they have that guy or because they have Mookie Betts at three hundred and fifty million? Of course, Mookie Betts definitely plays a part in that. But you need that depth over the course of a season when, you know, Clayton Kershaw goes on the I.L. multiple times and you don't have a lot to rely on. OK, you know, but- even so, but, but you acknowledge that you just used the word depth, that those are depth pickups. They're not core pickups. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would never go and tell you James Paxson's, you know, part of the Red Sox core or anything like that. No. Okay, so uh, so that's the part that I'm really quibbling over. Because, oh, see, well, go ahead. My go, issue. Go ahead. Yeah, my, my issue when you quibble with that is, well, Mookie Betts. Yeah, you have your Mookie Betts. His name's Rafael Devers at third base, and he's one of the best players in baseball. It's that guy at shortstop, Xander Bogarts. Your J.D. Martinez of the world that's been one of the best hitters in all of baseball. There's a core intact here that there was to build off. Himes' job since he got here is to uh, you know build around that. The first time he stepped out of that was obviously Trevor Story this offseason, which has been a move. For the most part, has he reached a standard? No, he is the best defensive second baseman in baseball, especially if you look at defensive runs saved. But he's been, you know, 1% below league average as a hitter this year. But you have those stars. You have that power there. You have Chris Hill at the top of your rotation. You have Nate Evaldi, who was fourth in Cy Young voting last year. Those pieces are there to compete. It's about filling out the rest, and I think he's done a pretty good job of that. Okay, so so this is really what I want to get to, though, because I and I hear Beetle mock you. He says you're a member of the Bluminati. You're a member I, of that Bloom that Bloom group or that that group that thinks that High End Bloom can do no wrong. See, no, no, and Maz, this is where I got to stop you. I hate when people say this because I have criticized High Bloom. 
I just have given him credit. Yeah. That's it. You know, uh, Jones, spare me, please. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, spare me. Uh, really, Bloom. I held him accountable for the holes on this team at the beginning of the year, but I can also give him credit when depth steps up. When you have a guy in John Schreiber, which, oh, we'll all laugh at the dumpster dive minor league signings, and then you have Schreiber, who's one of the best relievers in baseball, you know, since he's come up with a sub one ERA. That goes a long way when you laugh at Nick Pavetta, who's been one of the better starters in baseball this year. You find value in those ways. And I think they're, you know, whether it's a Rob Ref Snyder who's come up and made an impact, Josh Winkowski giving you a couple starts where you don't have, you know, your typical rotation pieces. There's a lot of value in depth. And Alice Core has preached this. It's not about the sprint. It's not viewed that way. It's about the marathon. And that's why a team like the Braves, who even won the World Series last year, Kyle Wright, someone who wasn't in their rotation the whole year, basically a busted up and down guy. Steps up, plays a big role. Dylan Lee, pitching key innings. Tyler Matzik, a guy who was a cast-off and a failed, you know, top draft pick, now is really the best arm they have in their bullpen. Okay, Tyler, if I were to ask you, how come the Tampa Bay Rays haven't won a World Series yet? What would you say? They don't have, you know, some of it, what I say is luck. Yeah, they were in the World Series a couple years ago and they had a shot at it. It's not bad luck. Ahead, you were in going. the World Series. You had a shot at it. Uh, but overall, they don't have the same expenses. They can't spend like the Red Sox do. They don't have they can't go over the luxury tax like the Red Sox have. And that's the advantage where you need to start to play like the Dodgers. And I think you're seeing that in certain lengths. Going over the luxury tax was nice, but one of my criticisms for Hein Bloom was this year. If you're gonna go over, you should go over more. Okay, so but but you would agree. And again, I just think this is a critical thing as it relates to whether people, you know, sign off on the way Bloom team builds or whether they think it needs to be something more. So you acknowledge then that the the that a, probably the biggest reason that Tampa Bay has not won is because they don't have what I would call enough high-end talent. Yeah, they don't have the resources to go out and, you know, lock up a lot of mega stars besides Evan Longoria, you know, Wander Franco. Now, it's great to have that, but they haven't been able to have that supporting cast, which you're fortunate with a team like the Red Sox, like all those names we just went through in their core. Okay, so I disagree. I think they have had the, the supporting uh, group. I think that's exactly what they have. I think they're stocked with they're really good at finding those supporting players that during the course of a regular season can win you games. They don't have the high-end talent that can win you games against the big boys when it matters. That's my opinion, Tyler. I'll tell I, you, I go, just don't understand how you get to the ALCS last year if that's the case because you went up against a Yankees team that poured everything out in their payroll, that went and traded and emptied out more of their farm system for Anthony Rizzo and made those deals, and you still stormed past them. Okay. And why did you storm past them? Because you went and dealt a top-10 prospect in Aldo Ramirez uh, for Kyle Schwarber, who had a higher OPS than Vlad Guerrero Jr. after the trade deadline last year. Uh, and he played a major part in all that. And Aldo Ramirez, like you said, Maz, last segment, are you picking the right prospects when you deal them? Yeah, you are because he threw seven innings and blew out his elbow, and he hasn't pitched this year. Okay, so good. I'm happy to hear that one. I'm just telling you that I think part of the reason the Red Sox beat the Yankees is because the core of their team were players that uh, High and Bloom did not bring in. I mean, we're talking about Devers. We're talking about Bogarts. We're talking about J.D. Martinez. I'll give him Schwarber. I'll give him that one. But I also think part of the reason they acquired Schwarber was because the cost was low because they had to wait two weeks to get him because he was injured and also because he can't play a position. So they found an undervalued commodity. But I'll tell you what, sit sit, sit tight. I want to take a call with Nick, who's in Westport. Nick, go ahead. Uh, hey, Maz, what's up? So uh, this whole thing about the Red Sox farm system supposedly being overrated, uh, I do agree. It is kind of overrated. Uh, it, it's not the greatest farm system as far as, like, the, the – 
the Red Sox like to preach to us, and Hein Bloom likes to preach to us, and even Milliken, as much as I love him, he, he preaches about it. But uh, what I would like to see the Sox do is keep just the high-end guys like Cassis, Bayo, and then all these other names that they preach towards us, like Winkowski and uh, Jeter Downs and Connor Seabold. If, if they're not going to call them up, if they're not actually going to use some of the names that I just mentioned in the bullpen, then can we actually package them and bring guys in? in a month or so that are actually going to help the bullpen and help the rotation. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm so going to keep Nick, going about yeah, it until so, they do it. No, no. So listen, it's a good question. And Tyler, you're still there, right? Yep, I'm right here. Okay. Is, so if the Red Sox were to, were to flip Winkowski right now, say as an example, would that be stupid? No, I, I think it's fair. You look at a triple-A rotation, you can't even get Chris Murphy up to triple-A right now, a guy who's dominating double-A. Your depth is kind of overflowing at this point. This is the time coming up on the trade deadline. Pick whatever arms you don't think are going to click. I, Brian Bayo's off limits to me. I think he's the one guy out of that group you really cling to. But guys like Winkowski, who I think are fringe starters at the big league level, I have that conversation. You know, Connor Siebold, what is he really worth at this point? He's 26 years old. But a Brandon Walter, those guys, Let's have conversations. I think you should be looking to deal. Okay, then you know what? Maybe we're more on the same page, Tyler, than I thought. Because, again, this is all I'm saying. The Brian Bayos of the world, I'm with you. That's the guy I want to hold on to. Winkowski, you can have him yesterday. Because, as you said, the prospect system is overflowing, Tyler. It is overflowing. The depth is overflowing. The depth is overflowing. (laughs) It's true, and it's been something that's helped you this year. But ultimately, like you said, these guys rotting in AAA, Connor Siebold, he's going to be 27 years old next year. The guy's pitching great at AAA. You can't have all these guys just sitting there forever. Part of having a farm system is dealing some of those assets when it's time. Just don't deal all of them, and you don't end up like Dave Dombrowski where – you burnt all your money and you burnt the entire farm system and there's no assets to help you when you're kind of financially Okay, so I'm with you on Dombrowski. He went too far in the other direction. Again, the perfect model for me was Theo Epstein, but I just want to ask you and you make sure – I want to make sure that we're on the same page that if uh, if they don't move some of these this, – this overflowing depth that they have, if they don't move some of it, I want to make sure that you are prepared to criticize Iron Bloom. A hundred percent, just like I criticized him last year when he didn't deal for Ryan Tapera, who cost like the 22nd mm. prospect. Okay. Just I like I criticized him then. That would have been a mistake. Mm. I'll have to find the. <laughs> Jones. Go, go back like... and listen to it. No, no, I believe no, you. I'm definitely I'm, not doing that. I'm laughing at Jones making these little noises in the background. This is why people want to punch Jones in the face. Oh, Jones, That's the biggest just... Trevor Story stand who wanted them to trade for him at the trade deadline last year. Yeah, I, I haven't forgot that. Before I knew he stunk. Yep, exactly. All right, Tyler, listen, good talking as always. Be good. All right, be well, pal. Thank you. Tyler Milliken, again, offering the uh, Gen Z viewpoint mm. here on the Baseball Hour. I'd Six- also like to point out that before he was on the Red Sox, I don't recall Milliken being a big Trevor Story fan. Ironically, that would be the other side of what I didn't forget, but yes. Same, same. I was, I was, I was never a big, huge, uh, I was never a huge Trevor Story fan. I will say there were elements of his game that I underrated, that I like. But, you know, I, I just can't get past the batting average. I'm sorry. The batting average has got to come up before I start to think of him as a, a legitimate guy to potentially replace Xander Bogarts. I don't think he's in the same class as Bogarts. I don't think he's close. Uh, Jones has got your headlines here. Don't go anywhere. And then I, I just heard this a little while ago for the first time. Manny Ramirez in the booth last night. So th- there's actually a funny highlight. Boy, Manny doesn't get that the broadcast is about the game. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, Manny's kind of right. Anyway, uh, Jones has got your headlines. 
Hey, it's Maz. Are you tired of small inconveniences that always turn into big headaches at home? Well, my friends at Rodenizer Home Services can make small fixes like repairing leaky faucets, adding or replacing electrical outlets and lights, or clearing slow drains that will provide big comfort for your home. And with over 10,000 five-star reviews, Rodenizer's expert technicians are just a call away and ready to fix those inconveniences at your home. Experience the difference with Rodenizer Home Services. Visit Rodenizer.com to schedule today. That's Rodenizer Home Services. Nice people. Great service since 1928. Now more baseball and more Mads. This is the Baseball Hour with Tony Mads on 98.5 The Sports Hub. We're in a good place as a team. I think we're in a good place as in a roster. And I think the, the what Chad and, and the group is going down there in Worcester, just preparing these guys to come up here and contribute, not survive, is, is what it's all about. And um, that group in AAA, you know, with Flo and Getty and Abby and, and Mo, they, they, they've been great for us. They, they're getting these guys, you know, to where we want to. And that's Alex Cora trumpeting AAA Worcester. And look again. Have these guys come up and made a contribution? Yes. I would tell you that I've said this over and over, Jones, as it relates to the Red Sox uh, players at AAA. Franchi Cordero is infinitely better than he was a year ago. Okay, I'll give him that. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's good. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, and I, I'm not totally – look, again, he had three hits last night. People want to celebrate it. So they've gotten to these guys to the point, some of them – where they can, you know, jump in on a part-time basis and help them out. You know, they're platoon players or they're utility players or what have you. And I'll, I'll grant all of that. Yeah, he's hitting two thirty-three with an OPS below seven hundred. Okay, so at the end of the day, though, what are we really talking about? What's and his I, expected OPS, though? <laughs> well, that's a, good, that's a good question. Probably over seven hundred. I just don't think it is a coincidence. I don't think it's remotely a coincidence that these guys all made contributions on a night where you were playing Detroit. Sure. Like, that is not that is not a coincidence. It's because the quality of the competition is lower, and this is where you can drop them in. They're 4A players. You were playing a 4A team. The Tigers blow. God, they're awful. Oakland is worse. So, uh, you know, there, there were some bad teams the Red Sox have been playing of late. you got to beat them, too. You can't avoid them on the schedule. They're there. You might as well kick the crap out of them while they're there. I totally get that. So that's just a one point from last night's game. Now, am I glad the Red Sox are playing better? Of course. Yes. I want a season. Who doesn't? I want them in it. Although I question whether people are really buying in on this Red Sox team. Incredibly, the the TV ratings have gotten worse from a year ago. So we'll get to that in a minute. But first of all, Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz were in the house last night at Fenway Park. And I didn't hear this in real time. I just found it in the, you know, in the, uh, the audio files we have here Manny Ramirez was on the broadcast during the game I found this funny because it's this is so Manny of just being completely oblivious to everything that's going on and then I want to get to something else that he said during the broadcast but I think Manny was all you know gung-ho and fired up in the booth Kevin Millar was there and uh, Eck was there and blah 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 but it was during this exchange with Dave O'Brien that I couldn't I couldn't help but laugh Okay, go ahead, Jimmy. Awesome moment, especially being here in B-Time. You know, you got the best fun everywhere. You know, they love you. 
Ripped Always the there for you. Even Grossman. when you're the bad, they're always there for you. Grossman making that catch and into score will be Story after he reached on the air and the Red Sox added to the lead. Now 3-1. to one. Vasquez laying into that one. A wicked line drive for the sack fly. So, Jones, you heard what I heard, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you allowed to do that when, when O'Brien's doing the play-by-play? Are you allowed to do that? Just keep talking, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretend that there's no game going on and just ignore the happening on the field? Just steamroll right through, you know, the run being scored? Yeah. I mean, Everywhere, you know, they love you. Ripped they're always the there for you. Even Grossman. when you're the bad, they're always there for you. Grossman <laughs> making that catch and into score. Yeah. Manny, shut up. Yeah. Shut up for a second. Let him call the play, and then you can continue the conversation. Mm. It's a pretty basic thing when it comes to play-by-play. It's a basic thing. If you're in the booth and something happens, stop. Yeah, 99% of the time, nothing happens. There's plenty of time to talk. I mean, stunning. Like, so one time, like, there's a run scoring on the play. Just stop talking for a second. Let the guy do his job already. Holy crap, poor O'Brien's trying to get in get in a word in edgewise. Manny's just flapping his gums. I still don't know what Manny was talking about. Like, I wasn't even focused on the t- – play it again, Jimmy. Awesome moment, especially being here in B-time. You know, you got the best fun in everywhere. You know, they love you. Ripped they're always the there for you. Yeah. Even Grossman. when you're the bad, they're always there for you. Best fans in baseball, I think is what oh, it is. Fans are always there for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Beantown. Yes. Yeah, because we all call it Beantown here yeah, in fan. Boston. Yeah. Good no, fan. that's a good one. And uh, Manny apparently got himself, uh, you know, I don't want to say hot water. That's too strong. But he made a comment about Derek Jeter last night, too. Did you see this? Uh, oh, I, Jones? Yeah, I, well, I saw something about him and Jeter, but refresh my memory. What okay, exactly so, was so he was talking about Derek Jeter, and he said, uh, you know, I, I guess the point was that there's pressure that comes with playing in a place like Boston or New York, mm-hmm. so that it's harder to play there. Manny says, you got to understand this. If you haven't played in Boston or New York, you're not in the big leagues. It's like if you put Derek Jeter in Kansas City in those years, he was just a regular player. But in New York, Jeter was a legend because he consistently stepped up on baseball's biggest stage with the Yankees in the postseason. You put him on that. Oh, that that's the author who wrote that. Manny says, you put him on that big stage, he had 400 in the postseason for many, many years. He's the greatest in the history Oh, Millar said, he's the greatest, Ramirez said. So then he goes on to say it makes you better. But it really does sound like he's kind of dumping on Derek Jeter. I don't see a lie in that comment. If Derek Jeter's a royal, they don't win. So that's probably true. Jeter doesn't win, I should say. Yeah, that's probably true. I was hoping that that he meant it as a rip on Jeter. Oh, he did. I thought that that would make for a better copy. Well, he had uh, he was the one on the float with the Jeters playing golf right now sign, right? Way back in the day, that was him on, yeah, the, uh, on the duck boat. Oh, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe Ripping, he's... A little maybe, bit of a pattern there. Maybe he's got a little bit of a relationship with Derek Jeter. No, I doubt it. I want to add another topic to the conversation, that, and this uh, does relate to the fan base as well. The Red Sox TV ratings, Yeah, I, I was curious of looking up, because over the weekend, they played the Cardinals. It was a good series. I mean, the Cardinals are a good team. They get a great traveling fan base. The games are good. Father's Day weekend, all of that. Celtics were eliminated at that point. I was eager to see what the Red Sox TV ratings were over the weekend. They were lower than they were a year ago on Father's Day weekend. Okay, now a year ago on Father's Day weekend, obviously the Red Sox by that point had sort of, you know, had this great start, playing very well, surprised people. So, but in the same breath, I would tell you, that, you know, there was nothing else to, uh, you know, distract from some of the attention. So I thought that maybe people would be coming out of the Celtics, start digging in on the Red Sox. They're lower than they were a year ago on Sunday. 
twice as many people watch the U.S. Open as watch the Red Sox. Do you find that at all alarming, Jones? If you, I mean, you're, I don't know, you're not that big a baseball fan. No, but but yeah, I mean, you should. I mean, I'm trying to remember exactly how they were playing last year. You're you're saying they had come out of this hot start last year, which is kind of how I remember it. They didn't really start to lose, I think, until after the right around after the All Star break. Yeah, or right so around there. so maybe there was more buy in. Maybe people just needed a weekend off after the Celtics. You know, maybe there is so much buzz around the U.S. Open being in Brookline that people said, I got to check this out. And they watched the U.S. Open this year over years past. So I imagine the U.S. Open traditionally does pretty well on Father's Day weekend. Uh, or, you know, on the weekend, it's it's typically played where regardless of where it is. But yeah, that's surprising to me. I would have thought at least the numbers would be, you know, uh, closer and, and maybe even higher this go round, especially given where they finished last year. So the Red Sox TV ratings last year, just to, and just to put numbers on them so people understand, and I'm not going to explain to you what the numbers mean because that gets way too complicated, but their TV ratings last year were around a three and a half, okay, which is probably the equivalent of what a Bruins game would normally be, like somewhere in that area, give or take. This year, they're under three. Now, late last year in the, in the regular season, when the Yankees came in in September and ended up sweeping the Red Sox, by then people had lost faith in the team, uh, and I thought that Yankee series, which was a big one nonetheless, that was a big series in September. The Red Sox did five and a halves, which were really for a Yankees game low. Like, I think those numbers needed to be higher, and they, they weren't high enough. Then the, the playoffs came, and the, play, the playoff game against the Yankees came, in the, and then the numbers really started. No, they went to, insane at that point. Yeah. Right. They really started to spike again. But there was, there's really been no carryover. And so that 10-19 and 19 start probably hurt, although, again, maybe people weren't paying as much attention. But you would think that they'd get some people back from the end of last year, and it feels like they've lost them. It feels like they've lost, you know, anyone that they might have gained at the beginning of last year. They've lost those people back. Well, I, weren't we all saying this in real time? And they, they wound up signing Trevor's story, but, like, they had an opportunity in the offseason to do something, and they chose not to do anything until real late. And maybe by that point, people said, you know what, I, I'm kind of out. And Trevor Story's not doing it for me or whatever. But, like, they had a chance to capitalize on their momentum, and instead they didn't do anything. In fact, they let players leave before they brought anybody in late in, late in spring training. I mean, this is another thing. That, this is another reason why you got to go out and make these moves. It, it does generate some interest. People want to see superstars play. And uh, they can spend their money in, in much different ways now, and certainly their time. And we all know how big a, f- a factor that is in baseball. Uh, 617-779-0985. We will wrap it up with your calls on the baseball hour when we come back. Hey, it's Maz. Are you tired of small inconveniences that always turn into big headaches at home? Well, my friends at Roadnizer Home Services can make small fixes like repairing leaky faucets, adding or replacing electrical outlets and lights, or clearing slow drains that will provide big comfort for your home. And with over 10,000 five-star reviews, Roadnizer's expert technicians are just a call away and ready to fix those inconveniences at your home. Experience the difference with Roadnizer Home Services. Visit Roadnizer.com to schedule today. That's Roadnizer Home Services. Nice people. Great service since 1928. This is the Baseball Hour with Tony Maz on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Hot shot right into a double play. Caught by Cordero to double off the runner Barnhart. And that is out numbers two and three. 
He'll loop it into center field. That'll get it done. One run is in. Here comes Story. Two runs will score. That's a three for three night for Franchi Cordero. And the Red Sox lead it five to one. Uh, the hitting group, Pete and Louie and Rosie, they talked to him a little bit. Kind of like, hey, yeah, your plan works. What you did early on, it works. So, you know, go hunt your pitches, and if they're not where they are, they're supposed to be, just lay off of it. He's been more aggressive, and uh, he put some good swings on it. Put the ball in play when that second and third and fill in against the lefty. That was huge. You know, the second at bat, that was a missile to the pool side. You know, that, that, was, that was well hit. Three hits last night for Franchi Cordero. Somewhere Tyler Milliken was covering himself in butter, rubbing himself down, getting all excited about uh, Franchi. 27-year-old prospect. <laughs> but we'll squeeze in a couple of calls here before the top of the hour. Alex is in a car. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I haven't watched a game in a long time. Uh, I don't know why, but, um, but I've been following them. Uh, it's I think not until they start... Uh, winning late in the uh, season will, I think, probably uh, watch them. But I've been following them, and I listen to your baseball hour. I mean, what can you say? Okay, well, no. A lot of people do. No, well, I appreciate that, Alex. It's kind of you to say that. But, I look, we've been through this a million times. The quality of the product in baseball throughout the game, not just here in Boston, stinks. The quality of the product stinks. It's a little bit better this year, I think. I don't know why I feel that way. Uh, But I do think it's a little bit better this year. I don't feel like there have been quite as many strikeouts. It feels like there are more balls put in play to me. Uh, you know, Matt McCarthy, who's going to be on tonight with Christian Arcand, just walked in. He might know these numbers better than I do uh, as to whether or not like strikeouts are down or what have you or more balls in play. It's something I should probably look up when I get home. Uh, I, I found the game to be a little more entertaining. You know, the Red Sox have thrown some complete games. Like I, I'm just grabbing onto little things. But I do think at the end of the day, what it all comes down to is whether fans believe the team has a chance to win a championship. Do you, do you think, think that the, much? Do you think the Celtics worked against them at all? Just the deep run? and I know, Definitely. I know this weekend. No, no, no. But I mean, like, specifically this weekend, they weren't playing games anymore. But, like, people just say, hey, you know what? That was a long ride. I need a little while before I get into another team. Yeah, I think there's some of that, too, Jones. I, I felt some of it. I mean, I, I worked the game on Sunday, but I would tell you that we do, Murray and I talked about this yesterday on the on the uh, on Felger and Maz. There, there's you go through a withdrawal when a series like that ends. You've been invested for two months. When it ends, you're like, I just need to do some stuff on my time. So I, I think there is some of that. Uh, let me just squeeze in quickly, Jacob in a car. Jacob, go. Hey, how's it going? So I agree with you for the most part when it comes to the yellow look of this team. Yeah, this is two out of three from the cars, but the cars scored in the ninth inning in both of those games, but. I think you said that it's a bit shaky when it comes to the outlook of the team. I mean, I don't think they're going to fall behind again because there's a lot of talent on this team, you know? Well, look, Jacob, I hope you're right. Again, they were nine games under. Now they're six games over. So what does that tell you? They've played 15 games over 500 since that point. That's pretty good. I think we all take that. The question, or not, uh, the question really is, can they sustain it going forward? And most importantly, against good competition. You got two more games against Detroit. Once the Tigers leave town, party's over. You got a series with the Cubs coming up in the middle there, but you got some iron coming in the next month. At Cleveland, at Toronto, you mentioned the Cubs series, but then home against Tampa, home against New York, at Tampa, at New York. The last 14 games of the first half are all Tampa and New York. Seven home, seven away. And again, you just mentioned a Cleveland series in there. Uh, there's another good team in there. I forget. Toronto. Toronto, Toronto. There's at a Toronto. Toronto series in there too. Uh, you, know, you got iron coming up. 
So they're going to have to start. They're going to have to be playing their best baseball when they face those teams, and they're going to need to get some pitchers back, like Whitlock, who sounds like he's going to be back within a week anyway, and uh, and Evaldi. Anyway, Christian Arcan has you for the bounce of the night because we stole Jones today. Mm-hmm. Lucky you, and I don't mean you, Jones. I mean the listeners. <laughs> And uh, and Matt McCarthy alongside with Arkham. We'll see you tomorrow in Felgerman. Hey, it's Mass. Since 1928, Rodenizer Home Services has been your trusted local experts for all your plumbing needs. From bathroom and kitchen fixtures to leaking pipes and water heaters, Rodenizer offers you the higher standards of professionalism. When you have questions, Rodenizer has answers, all backed by their 100% customer satisfaction guarantee. Their motto is simple. Nice people, great service. So experience the difference today with Rodenizer Home Services. Visit Rodenizer.com to schedule today.